Hello all, this is R.D. Kulik, the host of the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, podcast for SeedSing.com. And I am here today with the man that I could only see for about three or four hours before my heart would burst out of my chest. And that was the greatest other host, Ty, on the other side of the Mississippi. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. Yeah, I'm doing good. It was a it was a short, you know, get together, but it was still fun. I got to hang out with your kid, which is more important than hanging out with you, I guess. Yeah, and <laughs> you, you hanging out with my kid and me not hanging out with my kid is much better. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> well, we should say that our kids, my son and your son, hung out more than anybody else, yeah. I think, that entire evening. So. Yeah, no, I'm, and I, I feel kind of bad because... You know, your son is at that age where he has a lot of knowledge about a few things and wants to express all that knowledge. And I felt bad because he was trying to dog the Bengals and he said, well, they're not that good. I go, you know what? Somebody who doesn't know a lot about sports says things like that. So I feel bad. (laughs) Well, he's so, yeah, my son's newly into sports and, of course, 10 years old. It's, oh, the Rams are my favorite uh, football team because they won the Super Bowl. But I will say he is a loyal basketball fan. He was a Bulls fan, and he was devastated that the Bucks beat them in, in, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, that's not what we're going to talk about, Ty. So we've actually gotten a lot of good love on doing these things about toys, and we did the one on the Superman movies. And I kind of had this idea, because when we first started, and for a while, I remember we did a whole thing about the history of the uh, Channel FX. We did one on uh-huh. like MTV, and we've, uh, I know we've done even on like Netflix and how that came about. But I I came across a story of a television channel, which is, it's a story of of hope that is now just filled with despair. Oh, And a a story of not the traditional story of somebody bringing themselves up and saving the world, but a story of something that was formed to save the world and turned into an absolute and utter monster. Okay, is this a channel we both watch? I'm not going to say I watch this channel, but you do. Okay. <laughs> so let let me start this story, Ty. It's it takes it starts in 1972, and you're going to get this. I'm, right. I'm a liberal, by the way, so this isn't like OAN oh, or anything. Oh no 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 no. You're gonna you're gonna know, Ty. You're gonna know what this is about in about the next two minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. But I need to start with this history because I didn't know this, and I'm sure you did not know this. But this channel, which is currently a channel that is one of the most popular television channels out there. In 1972, there was something called the Appalachian Educational Satellite Project, or AESP for short. Basically, what it did is it took it, it partnered with the Department of Health and NASA, and it would when there's a satellite because this is pre-cable TV. When there's a satellite up in the air, it would provide educational programming to uh, colleges in the Appalachian region. Now. The problem with satellites is they're not always in the the right spot, and the satellite was moved over to India for some reason, so AESP could not operate after that. And it had about 45 different little local affiliates that would do stuff. So as when it came back, the uh, it was it was very popular amongst these colleges and these uh, high schools and stuff that ASAP basically purchased time on their own satellites so they can continually show what was going on. Okay. Okay. So this was a nonprofit and they decided to, again, very, very successful. It was, hold on, I want to find the colleges here. There were a lot of colleges in like uh, mostly the East Coast, East Appalachian area. So North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. And again, like I said, high schools use it. As a matter of fact, there was programming that you could get through AESP that you could use for college credit. Oh, wow. So really kind of an early way of, 
people learning in non-traditional ways. So when they incorporated in 1980, and then in in October of 1980, they launched, and their new name was ACSN-The Learning Channel. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, good God almighty. <laughs> Man, I got lots to say about the learning channel. <laughs> yeah, so, well, what you watch is not even called the learning channel, but we'll get into that. Well, and this has nothing to do with the learning channel, and Alec Baldwin's problematic, but he has a great line when he talks about Bravo on 30 Rock as Jack, Jack Donaghy. Liz is talking to him about Queen of Jordan, he says... I remember when Bravo used to show operas. That's how learning came about. Yes. So by 1982, ACSN, which they were still calling itself that, was available around seven cable affiliates, uh, 1.5 million subscribers, and 70 universities granted academic credit for telecourses carried on the network. Okay. So it was still the learning channel. That's say, what it was. Legit, yeah. <laughs> That's it. like teaching you stuff. Now, at the time, NASA and the government got out of ACSN's work and they made NASA TV. But again, it was still, this is this is what it was. And they've gotten away from satellites. Now they're distributing directly through cable. And the learning channel was one of the fastest growing channels on just grabbing cable affiliates. I think the fastest ever is ESPN. But, okay. you know, the learning channel is right there. I mean, there's also an HBO, but HBO was an extra fee that you had to pay. So it gets, it's a little bit. premium channel. Yeah. So the channel had uh, documentaries uh, on nature, science, history, current events, medicine. They had, the stuff was very technical, very academic in nature. The Discovery Channel launched in 1985 and was kind of seen as more of a, more of a lower grade learning channel. You know, Discovery Channel would have things that were geared more towards kids or more towards people that just casually wanted to watch something. Whereas a learning channel, you had to watch this crap. You had to really pay attention to what was going on. Now, at the time, the learning channel did start to branch off into its own content, its own shows. And it had something called Captain's Log. It was a a show hosted by Mark Graves, and it was about uh, boating safety. It had the highest ratings of all the show, which is like a 4.5. Comparatively, the Super Bowl, I think, gets a share in like the 20s. And any good television gets a share like above 10. But Captain's Log was good enough that Mark Graves, he was the highest paid cable host out there, paid higher than even any ESPN people. When you say Captain's Log, I thought you were going to say like Shatner hosted. Oh, no, 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 no. Again, this is early learning channel where they still are talking about (laughs) learning. So this is, they kind of, it was just a channel, again, on your cable box that every now and then people would see. Didn't, I mean, it, the people who watched it obviously were very interested in what the Learning Channel had to offer. But then in 1991, the Discovery, the basically Warner, I think Warner Brothers at the time, but the Discovery Channel bought the Learning Channel. They also bought a couple of, fi- they bought the Financial News Network, and there's all these different deals. So the Discovery Channel came in, bought the Learning Channel, and Kind of kept it, didn't do anything with it for the next few years. But they realized that it wasn't doing well. So during the 90s, they started to really bring down the Learning Channel's uh, children's programming and poured it over Discovery and decided to look at the Learning Channel as, you know, this is something like, what was the words they used? Uh, life unscripted. We can have this new, new direction. 
So okay. uh, Ready, Set, Learn was the learning channels or the children's, their logo or their uh, trademark or whatever they say. Yeah. So they got rid of that. They went with this kind of life unscripted thing. They got rid of or they brought down the cable in the classroom a lot. Again, nobody's getting any college credit anymore. And in 1988, they rebranded themselves as TLC, and they started to put their own more original content on there, which shows like trading spaces, junkyard wars, a wedding story, and a baby story. Okay, I know trading spaces that I, I believe our mom used to watch that. Or is it maybe, still on? Uh, um, I don't think no, it, and it wasn't our mom. It was um, my mother-in-law used to watch it because I think that's the one with I don't know. There's so many flipping house stuff on now, but trading spaces is like. I know what Trading Spaces is because somebody in my family or possibly my wife's family watched that show. Here's the thing I'm going to say about this early shift from the Learning Channel to TLC, especially a show like Trading Spaces. Trading Spaces was uh, a lot of people look at it, like a lot of critics and people like that, looked at it as very helpful because it helped. First off, it helped people understand that they could go buy old dilapidated houses and fix them themselves. Yep. And it really, I mean, in all honesty, it really helped certain neighborhoods. I can tell you from my standpoint, my wife and I basically went in a crap hole when we first bought our first place here in Cincinnati. And I mean, we had contractors and things like that, but, but we turned it into a place we could live in, helped bring the tax base up and helped revitalize that area. And a lot of people yeah. looked at trading spaces as, oh, okay, that's pretty good. And even the other shows I talked about, like a wedding story, a baby story. It's not what you think's on TLC today. I mean, these were okay. these shows took themselves seriously. And you could see inside, like just, you know, part of it was obviously watching the train wreck. And let me let me get this clear. At this time too, MTV's doing really well with the real world. And okay. yeah, yeah, and I will one day we'll talk about it. I mean, I will defend the real world, but I also stopped watching it in like the mid nineties. But say, say, I watched it until about the early two thousands. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things the real world did early on that I, I think were beneficial to society. But again, like everything else, it turns into just watching a car crash. But it's the same thing with like you're saying about these early TLC shows are actually there teaching you something. And early real world, I feel like, had real people on. And then it was, well, let's just get beautiful people who like to party and drink. Yeah. And that's when it went downhill. Now, this was also at this time, you're starting to get the rise of satellite television. So you go mm -hmm. from... A hundred channels to a thousand channels, and that literally happened overnight. And so I am somebody I had Direct TV, and it it was. I remember the first time I turned on Direct TV. It was shocking to me not that I just had the NBC at my home, but I had it on the East Coast and I had it on the West Coast. So Were you like Bart Simpson when he got the controller yes. and said, "Let there be crap." <laughs> yes, <laughs> you turn on it. Watch the clock. Channel. That's right. I say watch the <laughs> clock channel. So it it was. Uh, suddenly there was this huge glut and people needed content. Now, the thing I will say about reality shows is they're actually terrible for the industry because the reason why people like reality shows is you don't have to pay union actors, union writers, uh, or any of that stuff. And it's a big issue in the entertainment business. But yep. with all of these channels you have, there's suddenly this need for all of this content. And I highly recommend the thing that actually inspired me about this. I didn't really talk about TLC, but I was listening to a show behind the bastards behind the bastards and they did a series on the worst stuff that uh, that reality tv's ever done and they were talking about the show uh who wants to marry a multimillionaire. yeah didn't they fake those ladies out on that show well the dude ended up being like an abuser 
And then, oh, okay. And then there was another one of those shows. Uh, I can't remember. Somebody wants to marry a millionaire, and one of the contestants on the show was, and he was also on some VH1 show later on. Between the time he was on the one show and then the VH1 show, he had murdered and mutilated his wife. I mean, some Ugh. really just terrible, terrible crap. And we're going to get into a little bit of that here, Ty, when it comes Lord. to TLC. Reality TV is the worst. Yes. But anyways, there's this huge glut for it. And I think at the time, Discovery looked at it. And Discovery had a, a big hit with American Chopper. And, mm-hmm. you know, people watched Amer- that show. Yeah, people watched American Chopper. Now, I'm, g- I'm going to go on a little bit of a divergence here because it's something else I think everybody should watch. So Weird History is a, is a YouTube channel. And they just recently did all the lies on MTV's Cribs. It's like... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I read about that. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, American Choppers, people watch because of who the guys were, but they, they were very good at what they do. I mean, they still mm-hmm. are very good at what they do. And so... Yes, you're watching these people, but you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Well, Cribs, they showed, and it's like six, seven minutes long. I encourage everyone to watch it. Go watch the Red Man episode. Best episode of Cribs ever. <laughs> and it's so totally fake, and you know it's fake. Best episode ever. Yeah, but it's like he, he lives in squalor. And well, yeah. My he, favorite. A, he literally, on top of his fridge, has a box full of cash. <laughs> yeah. And it's red. We're talking about somebody who's part of the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, oh, yeah, no, he goes into his studio room, and there's a yep. million dollars worth of equipment sitting there. Easily, if not more than that. It's the, And he's, like, wearing a do-rag, and he's still got his PJs on. It's the best episode. Yeah. Like, that one and the Mariah Carey episode are oh, the two best yeah. episodes of Cribs ever. But the one, my favorite part of the Redman <laughs> one is where he's... He's talking about his his dream cast, and it's on this bedside table, right next right it's right next to his pillow, and he's got this yeah. little this little monitor, his dream cast, and a bottle of lotion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Redman, he's. I mean, I know it was all fake, but part of me wants to believe that that was real. But I yeah. know he's just messing with the MTV. People, yeah, yeah. So, which I, makes me love Redman yeah. all the more. So, anyways, I got off on the divergent there because I just had to talk about that, but. Uh, yeah. So anyways, Discovery decided, look, we have this learning channel. Let's try to reorient it back to, you know, better, higher quality stuff. So in 2006, they got rid of the Life Unscripted thing. They had a new thing called Live and Learn, and they moved on to things like decorating shows or like baking Mm -hmm. shows, things that could be useful. You talk about your mother-in-law. This is probably her TLC. Totally. Absolutely. Was Ina Gardner, was she on TLC? Food Network. Okay. She's yeah. always been a Food Network one. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, a great. And here, it's funny. It says here that the 2006 turnaround was to target people in their audiences 30 and older. That's what they kind of went for. 2006. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So <laughs> that didn't last long because like you just said, so. the Food Network, you're mm-hmm. going to, at the end of the day, you're going to get a higher quality, like, you know, Fox is going to, Gordon Ramsay's a great chef. Don't get me wrong. He's probably one of the best chefs in the world, but he's also a personality. So Fox is going to put Hell's Kitchen on and have him scream at people constantly. Whereas a Bravo or a Food Network are going to put on Iron Chef or Top Top Chef chef. or things like that. So TLC was just not in that area. That They they could not compete in that area. There were bigger people out there doing it that was going to stop them. So in 2008, they pivoted again. And 
a lot of people. Too many pivots. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, as a matter of fact, say, in this first half, it's just going to be the history. The second half, we're going to talk about modern TLC. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I have, unfortunately, I have a vast knowledge of modern <laughs> yeah. TLC shows. So in 2008, they, they get this new slogan, Life Surprises. A lot of people say the L in TLC doesn't stand for learning. It stands for life. So the Life Channel. They got away from their home improvement shows, and they decided to move into uh, family-type dramas oh. with the launch of John and Kate Plus 8. Oof, magoof. Bad <laughs> stuff. <laughs> now, at the same, for those of you that don't know, John and Kate Plus 8 is about this, uh, this married couple that had eight children. I, yep. think, I think six of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so again, I'm embarrassed that I know this. And I could fully pull off, well, it's my wife's fault. I watch these shows with her willfully. But yeah, John and Kate have two older twin daughters, and then they had six, you know, whatever that was. Is, is that septuplets? Tuplets, yeah, I think. So they had septuplets after that. And at the same time, they also introduced a show called Little People, Big World. Oh, <laughs> people, it's totally wrong, and it's totally not like you shouldn't laugh at it, but South Park does a great play on of that show and you guys all probably understand what little people big world is Mm -hmm. and then i'm going to talk a little bit more about this at the beginning of the second half but uh then 17 kids and counting oh boy which became 18 kids and counting which became 19 kids and counting but we're going to talk a little bit about the duggers in the beginning of the second half i was going to say i got a Big Bob show that my wife can even confirm when we get mm-hmm. to the second half about that show. Uh, Toddlers and Tierras, which somebody That's, just recently was on that show, 16 years old, I think died by suicide recently. The most, One of the most disgusting things you could do on TV, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, which is a spinoff of Toddlers and Tierras. That came in 2012. But again, I have something to say about that in the second half. Yeah. Their one cooking show that did kind of work for them, uh, Cake Boss. Oh, God. Paul Tompkins <laughs> is a great impression of Buddy Velaster on Comedy Bang Bang. And so that's where TLC started to move. They brought a new slogan in 2014 where everybody needs a little TLC. They brought some home designing stuff back with uh, the Nate and Jeremy guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does say they had a revival of Trading Spaces that they came did. back. So, I again, I'm going to get to the ugliness in the second half. But do you, like, remember any of this early TLC stuff? When you say it now, I want to go back and be like, of course I remember it, but I didn't really watch TLC at all. Obviously, when we were younger, I didn't watch it, and I didn't really start watching it until I met my wife, because my wife, you know, I said that reality TV is the worst, but I will also fully admit I watch far too much of it, because it is like watching a train wreck, but I didn't watch TLC regularly until I met my wife. The only thing thing from this first half that you told me about that I remember watching maybe a full episode of was John and Kate plus eight or whatever. And just thinking that lady has a really bad haircut, but I really <laughs> don't, I really don't remember too much about the beginning of this. But when we get into the second half, I remember a whole, whole bunch. I even have on my time hop today on my phone, a memory from 13 years ago of a show that I was watching on TLC with my wife and her cousin on the same day. So it's just, I don't really remember this other stuff you're talking about. I remember my mother-in-law, I believe, watching Trading Spaces, and I remember John and Kate Plus 8. That's about it. Yeah, and before we leave this, I, I do want to say, because I wanted to start this off just with the history of the Learning Channel or TLC, that 
you look at early on and we talk about the way we get communication. And I mean, hell, you and I, we record this over a computer. And yeah. it's uh, the, the way and a lot of people during the pandemic not only have at, have a lot of podcasts were required to record this way over the pandemic, but they're finding it easier and they can put out more content. And well, it, a lot of people are still doing it uh, virtually anyway, because it's easier to get guests for them. Yeah, too. right. Exactly. So you looked at somebody, this group in Appalachia, and Appalachia is a poor area, and they find satellite technology and then eventually cable technology, and they're like, we can get this information out to people. And it works. It was great. Now, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It doesn't happen unless you have the government doing it, unless you have NASA involved and other government agencies involved, because when they're involved, it doesn't have to be a money-making organization. Well, the moment it had to make money, it had to go the opposite way. Like I said, this was built to bring education to an area that maybe doesn't have access to it. And it turns into what we're going to talk about in the second half, all because it has to make money. For sure. Hello, all this is RD, and I want to take a minute here just to talk to you about how you can support this great podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, all the work we do on SeedSync.com, and especially all the hard work that Ty does bringing you the sports knowledge and the pop culture knowledge that you just so deeply want, and how you can support me bringing you all the political knowledge that you definitely do not want. We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com and look up the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. And for just five bucks a month, guys, you are going to continue to be able to give you all this great content, give you the things that we are also craving that we know we need. And then in addition to that, we're going to be launching a Patreon-only podcast called the Ex-Millennial Man Political Report, where we're going to go through kind of more of a deep dive on my personal thoughts and other people's thoughts on what's going on politically around our country. That way we can keep the Ex-Millennial Man as your place where you're going to go to find out all the most important things. Guys, we created this, Ty and I did, because me being from Generation X and he being a millennial, honestly, I was tired of hearing about Citizen Kane's the greatest movie ever. It's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but we kind of got tired of, wait, nothing since Citizen Kane can be better? I mean, come on, Back to the Future is way better. To some of us, Fast and the Furious movies are way better. This is a place where we can talk about that stuff and where you're going to get that, again, not opinion, true fact of what is the greatest ever when it comes to music, sports, politics, all that stuff is SeedSing.com and the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. So come on over to Patreon. Five bucks a month is all it is. And hey, if there's something more you need from that, come hit us up. Tell us. You need t-shirts? We can give you t-shirts. You need handshakes? Maybe we can give you that. But come on over to Patreon, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, and I'm going to get you back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, I want to talk to you about Sarah Palin. (laughs) I don't like Sarah Palin. I don't want to talk about her. You had John and Kate. You had some of these people on Toddlers and Tierras and all this other stuff. These These people were not stars before they came to TLC. DLC made them stars. And They're still not stars. They yeah. just were on TV. A lot of people call the very first reality show ever. There was a show on PBS in the early 1970s called American Family. And it is it is an incredibly important show. And what I mean by reality television, it was PBS cameras following around a family and looking at their life. Now, again, this is before I was born. This is the early 70s. There's two very important things about this show. One is 
the son, the the family, their one of their sons was um, openly gay. That's a big freaking deal. It's a tragedy yeah. that that person he ended up dying during the AIDS epidemic of the 1980s. The other important thing about it is this family was in bad shape when the camera started rolling, and you saw on camera the parents deciding to get divorced. Oh, that's heartbreaking. So the point is, people that are not accustomed to a camera being in their face all the time, there's a lot of pressure involved with that. Yeah. So in the case of John and Kate plus eight, it uh, they they divorced. They did. <laughs> and it was John ended up becoming a, a massive ultra ultra douchebag or whatever. But yeah, he wore like affliction shirts all the time. And he appeared <laughs> on like reality dating shows and stuff. Like but that's that. that's not the worst we're gonna talk about here. So no, he's actually one of the more mild people. From yeah, that show, from that network. But again, you run into this issue of people who are not quite ready to be on TV. And in the case of something like Trading Spaces you're looking at a situation where these people are showing you their craft. That's still part of the original idea of what TL or what the learning channel was supposed to be. But Sarah yeah. Palin. So in 2010, TLC or discovery talked to when after failed vice presidential candidate, Sarah Palin and said, we should do this show. I think it was called, I, I forgot. I lost it here, but it was like Alaska life. This Alaska life with Sarah Palin. And it was a, a big deal. You know, we're going to have this woman who the whole country knows and it's going to bring all this money in and everything's going to be great. Well, I, it lasted eight episodes. <laughs> That's not shocking. No. Now, Palin's people will tell you that it only lasted that long because she felt like it was going to hurt her future political career. What future political career? Yeah, exactly. Well, she's <laughs> going to probably be the next congresswoman from Alaska. So we'll get to deal with that. But it really it had no ratings. It was just terrible. A lot of people point to it as two things. It's the first where TLC decided they're going to find celebrities and start putting shows around them. But it also kind of marked, the, I think, the end, honestly, of Sarah Palin's national career. Because people are like, God, she's awful. And stupid. In uh, 2012, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, which was this uh, t- Toddlers and Tierra, just terrible family, grotesque family. Yep. And there was a, a, a gentleman who I think it was the titular Honey Boo Boo. I think it was her mother's boyfriend. I don't think it was her real father. I know the story. I believe you're correct. It was her mother's boyfriend. Like you said with Toddlers and Tierras. I mean, tell me a little bit about what Toddlers and Tierra is before I move on. So that's another show I never watched because it's vile and disgusting and it's frigid stage parents who dress their young young female children up, their young girls up as prostitute is the word I want to use. I believe... It was referred to by a lot of people as prostitutes because they essentially the show was sexualizing little girls and being the father of a little girl who at that time could have been on a show like that. It is the most vile and disgusting and horrifying and horrific thing I think a parent can do to a child. It's awful. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's terrible. It should have never been on air. Yeah, well, again, they took this uh, this honey boo-boo because her mother was this just grotesque person. and Mama had, June, I believe. Yes, it was. And she ended up losing all this weight and everybody's yeah. like, great. But again, on the show, and you can go, you watch the show, there's her uh, her boyfriend, a guy by the name of Mark McDaniel. Well, after they already filmed these shows, because again, I don't know what the hell they're doing with background checks. It came to find out that uh, Mr. McDaniel was a convicted sex offender who was charged, reportedly, with aggravated sexual assault against a minor who was a member of Mama June's own family. Yep. Pretty disgusting. Mm -hmm. Pretty vile. And I remember being, I can remember being in Mexico and 
flipping through the channels with my wife and her saying, oh, that's the creep that uh, did some bad things to kids on this show. And I'm like, why would we even watch a second of this? So you had that, but let's talk about the Duggars. This is your okay. 17, 18, 19 kids and counting. And look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little bit of a rant here, Ty. The super Christian, because they're always super Christian, not oh, Catholic, not Protestant. They're super Christian. <laughs> the super Christian idiots who just make their wives into baby factories are some of the most despicable human beings I know out there on the entire planet. But they did. This was the the Duggars was the extended universe of the TLC of TLC for a while. They yep. had the the family that had the all the kids, and then you had. Their kids had kids, and they had different shows with them. And why people just look? I, and we're going to talk about Doctor Pill Popper and all that, Pimple Popper and all that other oh, stuff. Yeah. But why somebody just wants to watch these idiot Christians with their terrible ideas and terrible views on things, just kind of pumping these kids out constantly? And why we want to watch their families? I don't know. I never understood. And a lot of crappy things are out there. That the head of the Duggar family was a big supporter of some idiotic child abuser in the Arkansas government. I mean, all sorts of issues. But tell me what eventually, why are we not seeing the Duggars on TV all the time? So it's interesting you say this. My wife watched that show when it first came on because I would ask her openly, like, why do you watch this? This this woman is, I thought at the time, essentially being forced by her husband to have more and more babies. And, you know, they kept saying it's God's will. And like, it's Christian propaganda. Essentially, I have a phone and, and my wife would say, oh, it's just in the background, mind-numbing, boring stuff that I can just watch this quote-unquote wholesome family live their wholesome life or whatever, and I think they live in Arkansas. I remember sitting down one day for maybe five minutes watching, and I said, one of these older kids, one of the, and I mainly was talking about the, the boys, I said, one of these older boys is, is going to do something bad, or if they haven't done it, if they haven't already done something bad, they're going to do something bad. Well, to no one's surprise, the oldest boy... I want to say molested some of his younger sisters and did it multiple times. He didn't just do it once because the Duggars whole thing was wait until marriage and you have to court the girl that you want to marry. And then as soon as you get married, you start pumping out babies to, to be that repressed and that sickening breeds psychotic behavior, in my opinion. And that's what this family did. And this oldest boy, I believe his name is Josh. I think his name is Josh. I don't know, but he, molested his own sisters because he's a disgusting sickening human being and when he got caught the first time i believe with child pornography his wife oh it's god's will that we stay together he made a mistake and he will never do it again well again much to no one's surprise he did it multiple times and that family is not i don't know if they're not allowed to be on on tv anymore but they're definitely not on tlc anymore because they are a family of monsters and when i watched him the wife would talk in a very like oh everybody's special she sounded like she was condescending and the husband looked like a wife beater mm -hmm. in my opinion from what i saw but that you said it right it is grotesque to watch a show like that to watch a woman my wife told me that they had an episode where she had a miscarriage and they talked about it. And it's like, why? I didn't feel bad for her. I know many people who've had miscarriages that I felt bad for, but I didn't feel bad for her because she was doing this to be on TV and it made me sick to my stomach. And I despise everything about that 17, 18, and 19 kids and counting stuff. It is 
vile, disgusting, gross television. And it's appalling that TLC kept them on for so long. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a breakdown, a little bit of a history here. Josh Duggar, the accusations came out in 2015. They go back to 2006. So, yeah. It is multiple, multiple young girls. And he was 14. So, again, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what kind of repression is going on there. But anyways, but immediately he apologized and he resigned from the Family Research Council, which is a POS group. But he apologized and his parents were like, oh, we prayed on it and he's going to be okay. And just the pressure ended up canceling. It ended up TLC having to cancel the 19 kids and counting. But then within a few months, they said, oh, we're going to have a spinoff that focuses on some of the children, specifically yeah. two of them that were victims, called Counting yep. On. So they still yep. were in business with the Duggars. Well, then a couple of years later, actually a couple of months later, I'm sorry, there's the Ashley Madison hack, the, the yep. adultery website where you pay yep. to go have sex with somebody else. Well, Josh Duggar's name shows up on that. Yeah. So he, he uh, oh, by the way, his wife, Anna, is standing by him this whole time. So, oh, so she's still with him. I didn't know that. Yeah. He then checks into a faith-based treatment center, and then he leaves a center saying in 2016 that he's going to work on rebuilding relationships. And his wife was expecting their fifth child. Everything's great. And then in April of 2021, he was arrested for possession and receipt of child pornography. There you go. Him and his wife had their seventh child shortly after that. So bad. Uh, Yeah, he did plead not guilty, but I think there's still some stuff going on. His parents came out and uh, they said, this is sad, but they even tried to use like cancel culture BS that it's people trying to tear their family down. But they're like, (laughs) we're saying a prayer for them. The truth, no matter what it is, will come to light. That's what they said. Finally, in June of 2021, TLC cancels Counting On and finally gets out of business with the Duggars. It took them, what, nine years? Mm-hmm. That's TLC should be embarrassed that it took them that long. Yeah. That they abused these children that long. So that that is the, we are now in the new phase of TLC. And you watch some of these shows. I'm going to let you talk about them. Before you do, I'm going to say something. A lot of people want to think that we're making fun of this. And as a matter of fact, before I got on this podcast, I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, oh, we're going to talk about TLC. She started to talk about and joke about Dr. Pimple Popper. But then the mm-hmm. the whole thing moves to, look, at the end of the day, this woman is actually honestly helping people. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so there is some goodness in there. But Ty, I want you to give me a highlight of some of your TLC shows. So the biggest one, the first one, the one that I always start off with is that my wife and I watch every iteration of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> yeah, that's, show, they, that's their own Marvel universe, too. All the different totally. 90 Day There's days. like so many multiverses <laughs> that bounce off of this. But for those of you that don't know or maybe don't have an idea, 90 Day Fiance is about either a guy or girl finds their significant other overseas and they have to get the K-1 visa and they have 90 days to marry them. It is trash at its height. It's hilarious. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't feel bad for any of the people on these shows. I don't have, like, any thoughts for them either way. But it is, it's like watching a train wreck. You know, I want to see what kind of nonsense people are going to get in this week. And funnily enough, it started out pretty small with only, like, a couple couples. It's like, oh, this is interesting to see these people trying to 
there's a couple, Alexi and Lauren. Lauren, adorable lady. She wanted to marry her handsome husband from Israel, and they actually have like a really beautiful life. They're having, they're expecting their second kid, but that's like one percent of the show. Most of the show is either somebody's being catfished or somebody <laughs> is paying for everything for the person who lives in the other country. And when they actually meet each other face to face, they don't think they look good. Not to get too blue, all right. It's not going to be curse words or anything. But there was this guy Mohammed on a season of it who scammed a lady who lives in Ohio. I don't know which suburb of Ohio but lives there. And on the reunion show, they asked, why are you never intimate with Danielle? Why are you never intimate with your wife? And he said, I was intimate with her one time and she smells bad down there. <laughs> it's just like, it's just the most ridiculous, absurd teenage high school drama you can imagine. But I, I find myself, there was one point where I told my wife, I can't do this anymore. It's the same thing over and over again. But... Like a Phoenix, they came out with a new season, you know, 90 Day the other day, where people from America go to the other part of the country and live with that person. It's like, all right, TLC, you brought me back into this <laughs> stuff. But it it's just straight trash. It's so mind-numbing. Like, there's, there's shows on Netflix that I'll watch, like, Too Hot to Handle and just sit there and crack up because it's so stupid. That's what 90 Day Fiance is to me. It is so ridiculously stupid and just nonsensical. That, but I can't find myself pulling away from it. Like I said, with 90 Day Fiance, they have 90 Day the other way. They have 90 Day Diaries. They have 90 Day the Single Life. So there's so many different iterations of this 90 Day Fiance stuff. And like even couples from that show have broken off and done their own thing. There was, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was this girl Chantal and they had their own show called The Family Chantal, which was totally written drama. Like the people, there was, this was not reality. This was fake reality TV at its best. I highly recommend people go look up highlights from the family Chantal. Cause that's hilarious. There's so many other shows. Do you want me to continue with the shows that? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> go ahead. And uh, that's to say, I, I want to know what is out there on TLC because I don't well, know yeah, if I mean, I've watched it since they changed <laughs> learning to live. I don't even know if I watched <laughs> when it was learning. <laughs> well, and like even something stupid that we don't watch anymore, but like 90 day fiance had a thing called pillow talk where they had old couples on watching the most recent episode <laughs> of 90 Fiance. It was interesting to see that. But I mean, we've stretched out from there. Whenever my wife's cousin comes over, because we're all vaccinated and boosted, she comes over more often now. We watch uh, Thousand Pound Sisters on it, which is about uh, Tammy and I can't remember the other names, the, the Slatten Sisters. Yeah, Slatten Sisters. I just they, they, Yeah, they have a YouTube channel that you can check out. But like, ridiculous. The family lives in Kentucky. It's absurd. It's... Every time I watch of it, I think of it. As, uh, I think of the Simpsons episode with Diabetti, where she's working out and biting a piece of cake while she's doing the roller, <laughs> saying this is my reward. So I watch that with them, and I love hearing like their comments on it. There's the Mormon family um, sister wives, where you talk about people breaking up on camera. Well, the guy just—I want to say his second wife, but they are breaking up. They're getting divorced. They're not legally married, but they're getting they, their marriage is about to absolve, and you see that in real time and. Their whole thing is faith will lead us through this type nonsense. But there was also another lady, the guy's first wife on that show. She was catfished by somebody. Hilarious. <laughs> they covered all of that on the show, Sister Wives, and it was hilarious. But I was telling you off off mic, I had a time hop memory pop up. Time hop is a memory thing on, on the Apple phone. It said that I'm sitting here today. This was 13 years ago. And said, so I'm sitting here today watching this TLC show called Sex Sent Me to the ER. <laughs> and it was a show where they did recreations. There was the one that comes to mind for me is 
a guy was having sex with his wife or girlfriend, and he thought it would be fun to put his genitalia in a barbecue pit at this campground they were doing, and he got third-degree burns on his penis because he's an idiot. And they did a recreation of this show on Sex Sent Me to the ER. You mentioned Dr. Pimple Popper. Like, I can't watch that show because it's disgusting, but you're right. That lady is legitimately helping people. And actually, the first time I saw her was on YouTube doing pimple popping stuff, and they made a show out of that. And even, like, my wife used to be really into the teen mom stuff, and she stopped watching that because she watches a new show now on TLC, which I watch with her, called Unexpected, Mm -hmm. where it's just teen kids having babies, and they're... How did I put it the other night when we were watching? I said, they're not their boyfriends or they're not their significant other. It's the person that's going to leave them in two months when they realize taking care of a baby is mm-hmm. not all that it's cracked up to be when you think about it. So TLC has gone the full trash reality TV route. And when you separate what they started as to the 17 kids and counting to what they're doing now, I think they've, to their credit, they fully bought in on we're not teaching anybody anything. We're not called the learning channel anymore. It's like MTV or KFC not being called music television or Kentucky Fried Chicken because MTV doesn't show music videos. Kentucky Fried Chicken is not actual Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I think TLC's fully leaned into the the life channel, whatever they're calling it. And they're just showing the trashiest reality TV and they are beating every other MTV, VH1, every other channel that shows this stuff they're beating the crap out of all of them with how trashy they can get. Well, and I go back to their growth. And I did want to say quickly that, yeah, there is stuff like that. I know as I did my research, one of their newer shows is called My Feet Are Killing Me, and it's too. Yeah, I can't watch. It makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, that's what everybody says. But again, these people are <laughs> genuinely helping people. Now, yeah. like with the Dr. Pill Popper, how the hell do you let something like that grow on your body for that long <laughs> before you're like, I should go see somebody about this? And not say anything. <laughs> and like with the Slatten Sisters, there's another show called My 600 Pound Life. And I always tell my wife, I don't feel bad for these people. And what they should have called the show, in my opinion, on a play on morbid curiosity, morbid obesity, as I should have called it, morbid curiosity. Yes, is what I would have called it. And that's what a lot of this is. You're watching because you're like, "Holy crap, that looks terrible!" And then, I mean, the other or the other show I want to say is they they do have that show I Am Jazz that's been on for a uh-huh, few yeah. years about the transgendered teen. And that's an important show though for yes. kids that age to watch. I yes, right. So there is there is look there is value, but at the end of the day. TLC is the most, like financially, the most popular, what we would still call basic television channel, basic cable television channel in America. Wow. It's not, ES- it's not ESPN. It's, well, mm-hmm. sure as hell not MTV, but um, <laughs> it's, it's not FX. You know, oh, which is crazy. It's it's TLC. It is. This is people go in and they watch this stuff. And I, I go again. I don't want to make this all about me bitching about reality shows and things like that. But you, you saw this channel that couldn't make make money with its noble content, its noble mm-hmm. ideas, and then it try it, it kept like TLC is almost like the mob. The learning kept trying to bring it back in. Every time it tried to get away from learning, it tried to bring <laughs> yep. it back in. And they would they would hit on these things, but like. Things like Say Yes to the Dress, a lot of people go. One of the earliest shows on TLC was called A Wedding Story. You mm-hmm. know, they're still doing kind of the same things. Yeah, You talk about Unexpected, there is the baby story. Now, that wasn't all teen pregnancies or things like that. No. <laughs> but it's, they're using some of their ideas, and they're just, they're just, and they, you're right. Uh, you talk about 
they get one hit show and then they're like, oh, these people are interesting. Let's give them a show. Oh, they're interesting. Let's give them a show. And to give TLC a little bit of credit, maybe since all the Duggar and Honey Boo Boo crap and things like that, you haven't heard quite as many scandals since then. But we're always on the lookout. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure somebody from, and I know there's one guy in the most recent season, a 90 Day Fiance, who like preached healthy living and a good Christian life, and he has been arrested multiple times with DUIs, but at least it's not child pornography. <laughs> no, right. So, <laughs> I mean, a DUI is not good either, but at least it's just a DUI. You know, if I just ended the podcast on the statement, you saying at least it's not child pornography would probably be the <laughs> statement I ended it on. <laughs> and like, like I said, credit to the programmers at TLC. I wish it hadn't taken them nine years to finally release the, you know, the the Duggar family, but what they're doing now, and I'm glad you mentioned a show like I Am Jazz, because I think that's important. I think there's a lot of kids, especially what's going on in the world right now, who are struggling with their identity. And I think if they see somebody like this girl jazz on TV, maybe they'll be inspired to live their true their true self be be their true selves and live their true lives well that's better way to end it than the other way so <laughs> yeah well if tlc needs to see you so they can have their my son's baseball life or whatever oh, yeah. <laughs> where are they go where are they gonna find you that would be the most boring show on television oh <laughs> uh, no you can find me at instagram and facebook uh ty kulik t-y-k-u-l-i-k all lowercase I write for SeedSing.com, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. I have a piece coming up on the day we record this. I went to my first live concert in two years last night. It was awesome. Like, So you can read my review of that show. I took my kids to the movies. I write a bunch of sports stuff. So check all that stuff out again at SeedSing.com, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. I'm going to be on Chucklehead Chat coming up here soon in the next couple of weeks. I've been in contact with Glenn, so you listen to the back episodes of that Check me out on an upcoming podcast, an upcoming episode of that podcast. Again, again, that's Chucklehead Chat. But most importantly, you can hear me on this podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast. Rate, review us, tell your friends about us, check out our Patreon, all that good stuff. Please go get vaccinated. Again, simplest thing to do. Just go do it. I know, uh, like I said, I went to a concert and maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel, but still, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, get vaccinated. Fight like hell to keep Roe v. Wade out there because Roe v. Wade is very important. So keep fighting for that. Help out with Ukraine. Happy May 4th to you. I know you're a Star yep. Wars fan, so May the 4th be with you. I think that's what everybody says. Oh, oh my Darth Vader. <laughs> all your things right up there. And and as I like to end all of these, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I look, part of me was going to scrap this whole thing and just scream for an hour on the Supreme Court leak, which whoever leaked, it's a goddamn hero. So yeah, uh, I would have been, I would have done that podcast. With yeah. too. <laughs> but it's, there still needs to be time. And I yeah. just, we just got through the first part of the Ohio primary and we've got a, like a guy like JD Vance, who is, um, it could be the next Senator and people you need to pay attention. And well, didn't DeWine just, Win the GOP president? He won the GOP uh, governor's race. I'm talking about the Senate. And Isn't he one of the, I do in quotes for people, one of the good Republicans? Yeah, and he's also trying to ban abortion and give every, let everyone carry guns without permits. So that's, oh, that's okay. your, well. what you're good. <laughs> but anyways, like I said, I could go on and on. But my point is, don't give up because yeah. they have gone too far, which means it's time to bring them back. So that's all I'll say about that. But... Absolutely agree. 
with all that being said, thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. Remember, we are here every Saturday for free wherever you record your fine podcast or wherever you listen to your fine podcasting shows. And that's it for me, Ty. I gotta, uh, I'm going to get cited by the city here soon if I don't cut my grass because it's long well, and filled with snakes. Aren't you going to watch your favorite J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Wars in honor of May 4th? Today? Yep. Star Trek. <laughs> The movie Star no. Trek. What's, I don't even remember the name. Is it The Last Jedi? Oh, man. <laughs> and just quickly, like speaking, we were in the car on the way back from St. Louis, and just out of the blue, I told my wife, I don't know why I just got so mad, but I was just thinking about The Last Jedi. And then she's Let like, that's what she's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, make me so mad. <laughs> so, Watch Empire Strikes Back if you want to be in a good mood. Uh, that's what I'm going to show my kids tonight when they come home from school. No, man, I'm going to watch me some solo. Oh, that's a good one, too. My kids haven't seen that. They'd probably take that. Yeah. All right. Talk to you next time, Ty. Take, take it easy. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com. Fully owned by R.D. Kulik and Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik. Adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.